Crosstalk, the cross-table discussion about cross-type topics. Uh, the tableless podcast <laughs> is what this is. A they Bible might be study. listening at their own table. Yeah, they might you be. Don't know. A long-form Bible dis- discussion. Yeah. Study, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we're in Philippians. I'm Sam Albanian. That's Nick Pannone. And we're uh, pastors, and we're great at it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're the best two pastors in the room. That's, we, that's true. Yeah. We're the, we're, the, we're the only two pastors in the room. Um, so <laughs> They don't know that. Anyhow, we've been going through Philippians, and we're in Philippians 2, 12 through 18 today. 12 through 18. Yeah, so real many, short passage. Yeah, so many verses. So, so many, yeah. I had to work it out. <laughs> oh, Sam, Sam. I did it. Sam, this is what happens when you're the only two pastors in a room. We th- you think you're funny? We're also the only two dads in the room. True. So dad jokes galore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, my wheels started turning. I went, you know what? You should shut up. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we should probably stay focused, yeah. right? So Good deal. Well, should right. we read it? Yeah. Get right. it up. All right. Hey, Philippians uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 12 through 18. Uh, they read like this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Uh, Verse 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Yes. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the word. The word of the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Short, but good. And impact. And I don't know... When I read this, uh, I like squared it off in my Bible. And went, oh, this is like it might be short, but it, it it hit me in the guts at least. I don't know about yeah, sure. I, I'm, <laughs> you I, you can't yeah. see it, but I'm showing Sam in my Bible yeah. where I've kind of highlighted and 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 honed in on that. And I I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I do that. I did that a long time ago. It's so that when I did open, that I would catch it, like mm-hmm. it would. St- stick out. Oh yeah. <laughs> because of course. I'm I'm constantly looking for a couple of verses that that we just read right yeah. there. I I squared it off on a fresh piece of paper and put oof right oof. by it because yeah. it was like oh uh, and that's this. a that's official Greek I think. That right? is. That's not the coin A. It's No, the, that's official. That's Midwest English <laughs> for I am sorry or right. ouch. There's, and there's a pile <laughs> of ranch dressing right next yeah, to it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. You better believe it. Right. Um mayo and all sorts of things. That's right. But no seasoning. So no. I'm, I'm going to get off my <laughs> It's all good. Short passage. Yeah. Um, but packed full of some, what I believe to be incredibly important doctrine and theology to a point where if we were missing this passage, I think we are missing a significant um, teaching that shapes the way that we actually walk in faith. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So um, I, I guess... Um, trying to keep things in order, I suppose. <laughs> um, there, there's a couple things going on with this. Uh, I, I, you're a Bible college product. I'm a Bible college product. We were taught probably some similar kind of Bible study tools, tools necessities. Yeah. All right. So one of the things we see in verse 12 is the word therefore. And, and when you see a therefore, you need to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? There you go. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we kind of gag at that, but it is... It's good for... It, it, you do remember... It's good it. when you don't hear it every single day. That you Every single time you read the Bible and you see a therefore, it's one of those things where now every time I see a therefore, I go, well, what's the therefore, That's therefore? right. Bible college ruined my Bible study. Yeah. yeah that that kind of thing. But it, 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 it is a good question to ask. Most of the time you see that, it's because it's to connect something that you read before to something that he is either introducing or getting ready to introduce. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one operates slightly different, but the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is connecting something that he wrote before, but this actually, because of the nature of the first part of verse 12, connects to chapter 1, verse 27. Uh, which reads, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I uh, whether I come and see you or am absent. 
I may hear of you uh, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith and the gospel. Um, so it connects the life of the Christian at the Philippian church mm-hmm. with Paul's presence and absence. Yeah. Right? Okay, so there's a huge chunk that we spent the last couple of weeks of Scripture dissecting. It could have been in parentheses or something. It, it could have, but it, it, I, I think it's... Uh, I point that out because I think it highlights two things. One, it, it really teaches us stuff about uh, early rhetoric and mm. early uh, epistle writing. Yeah. Okay? Um, so there's some literature things that are going on, literary things that are going on right here that Paul just seems to be a master at and, and really has honed in on his craft. The other thing I think it highlights for us is we made the claim last week with uh, the text in the early part of chapter 2 being of an ancient Christian hymn, mm. uh, which we don't have like uh, primary evidence of, but yeah. I would point to this as a... Uh, uh, as evidence. Yeah, as like a, yeah. Yeah. Um, secondary type evidence, I guess. No, I don't know Literary. what you call it, but that's effectively what you're saying. It's like, it's structural evidence within the epistle. That's, part, or, that's yeah. a better word. Structural like, evidence, yeah. It's structural evidence. Uh, it also might hint to us that, that, is, that it is at least a text or a, typey, a type or a uh, teaching that existed before the letter was written. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So he's not necessarily connecting to that. He's that was the teaching of this. So mm-hmm. Paul does the we we talk about the bookend stuff, right? Yeah. And that would be a good bookend is chapter one verse twenty seven to chapter two verse twelve. Mm-hmm. And highlight about about living like we know Jesus in Paul's absence. And in mm-hmm. verse 12, it's even much more in his absence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, I guess making probably a bigger deal about that than we really need to. <laughs> I, I, if, you're, if you're listening to this, you're probably expecting that kind of study anyway yeah. at this point. Fair. All right. So looking at this passage, there's so many things I wanted to do with it. Uh, okay. Do we, do we tear this apart? Do we look at this in whole? Do we, do we get... Do we go study the tree with our face on the branch, or do we look at the forest, mm-hmm. right? If I was looking at the forest with this, if I was pulling myself away from this, this is kind of how I broke this down, okay? Paul's central idea to this is to live in obedience to Christ, mm-hmm. right? That's not earth-shattering. It's not groundbreaking, anything like this. It comes back again to the end of chapter 1, um, right there, what, what he's talking about. However, um, the extension of that, the... the uh, the exhortation of this is what we're reading in 12 through 18. And I think it breaks down to, to something like this, and, and you can pick this apart if you want to, but he, he calls for practical Christianity, okay, the practical Christian life in verses 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. He calls for positive steadfastness in 14 through 16. Um, and then he calls for par- uh, for us to participate in his joy and really the joy of ministry. Yeah, be partners in joy. Par- yeah, pick, pick whatever alliterative word you want to yeah. partners participate. Is there a J word that means partners? J participate. <laughs> I don't know. J participate. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. No, I like that. And I especially like joyful steadfastness. Uh, it's good. That's a good combo yeah. of words. Yeah. Because no I mean, everybody likes a everybody likes a good grovel every now and then. You know what I mean? Sure. Like everybody likes a good not hissy fit, but just like I'm gonna be sad. For, I'm gonna I'm gonna grovel for a minute and just be, Mwah. yeah. <laughs> Things yeah. are terrible. Yeah, and, and this is literally Paul going, yeah. You can, like, a you can pity be party. Yeah, you can be <laughs> steadfast, but like, don't be a party pooper about it. Like, just keep going, man. Yeah. Well, and it keeps coming back down to attitude. All right. Yeah. So this whole text is about attitude, mm-hmm. and that attitude is one that is a reflection of obedience. Yeah. And man, that just feels so churchy to say. Yeah. <laughs> but it's churchy for a reason. It's directions to the church for the church <laughs> to, to do and no one has ever steered themselves wrong by obedience yeah to christ for sure yeah all right should we start examining the trees now let's do it okay um so we're in verse 12 and this is going to be 
just an exercise on how Nick can mispronounce the Greek, because there are all kinds of Greek things that are that are working here. And Paul deliberately does some plays on words here. Oh yeah, all throughout these verses, there's like alliteration and combinations, and it's crazy. Yeah, uh, inventions of. Yeah, who knows? Okay. God bless him. <laughs> Let's talk about this. All right. So, therefore, uh, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so that's our that's our theme. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the, the thematic thing, the thing connecting us to verse twenty seven of chapter one, um, where he right before he departs to give us that elevated text that we have spent the last couple of weeks talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, not only in my presence, so don't just do this while I'm there, right? At some point, kids have to mature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right? But much more in my absence, right? That part of it, I think everyone gets. It's not, there's there's not ground, I mean, it's not that hard to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty clear. Be the same. Mm -hmm. Be consistent. Okay, this is where it gets sticky, I think, right? Work out your your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you were to look this up, say you had a commentary on Philippians and you were looking this verse up, you would read uh, several pages about this verse. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't like it, you'd go pick up another commentary and you'd read several more pages just on this verse alone that might reflect something quite different than the other one. Yeah, A lot of people have spent their entire academic lives trying to figure out what Paul is talking about in verse 12. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul, what do you mean to work out our own salvation? I thought that was something that we couldn't... Like, you can't get yeah. salvation by works. Wor- yeah. Work out as in continue to do good works to earn it and yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and do it... Don't do it for just salvation's sake. Do it for with fear and trembling. With fear Be and afraid trembling. as you help people. Exactly. Because otherwise you're going to hell. Like... <laughs> Well, I think a, a question that we have to ask with this, all right, yeah. is all right, is he advocating a works-based salvation? Mm-hmm. Um, now, no serious Bible student would do that, yeah. would say, yeah, Paul advocates for works-based salvation. No, Yeah, no Christian Bible student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, uh, you're a... maybe, the, maybe the Bible student that only reads this verse. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, if you're a, a Bible student that doesn't care about Christianity or just studying the Bible to study the Bible, you know, like... Yeah. A, what, what in the church we would call a liberal theologian. Right. They well, might go, well, Paul, you know, he kind of flip-flopped later on. <laughs> correct. Like that, but. And by liberal theologian, that's not a political stance. That's, no. a, yeah. that's a how you treat the text type exactly. of stance. Um, we advocate to, that we try to keep the text as original as possible. Wooden. We've used that term before. It's yeah. a wooden translation. Right. It doesn't flex okay. or bend. It, it, you're exactly right. Also... It's the only way you arrive at that conclusion that he's saying that he's advocating for a works-based salvation is that you proof text. Mm -hmm. You come up with this idea, you go, oh, here, see, Paul's even advocating for this. (laughs) And then you put your finger over verse 13, (laughs) right? And and you go, see, nothing to see here. Paul wants us to do good things and we can can be saved if we're Mm -hmm. just good people. This is not what he's advocating at all. All right, so here's how I approach this. Uh, first of all, well, let me say, this is how I approach this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll ask you this question, I th- and I asked this question before we even started recording. I'm going to ask you this again. Sam, if I said, hey, you want to come with me to work out, what is it you think I'm asking you to do? Hit some weights, oh. pump some iron. Clearly, that's what you and I have been doing. In all of our spare time. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. No, when I say let's go work out, you're thinking some form of exercise, some form of doing some activity to strengthen ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or to better our physical selves. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think that's too far off here. That yeah. we have salvation, work it out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Practice it. Um there is a scene in the movie Home Alone 2. Okay? <laughs> that sentence was a wild ride. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. See, I'm pulling. That was like, I'm pulling. I'm pulling. From there's here. a scene from a movie is like a high way up, and then all of a sudden it was like from Home Alone. Uh, yes. What? Home Alone 2. Sorry. 
where Kevin, the main character, Macaulay Culkin's character, yep. is meeting with uh, the lady that that's bird homeless. Yeah, yeah, the bird lady. Okay, and they're uh, in the attic of the symphony, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they get in this kind. I mean, for a breezy '90s movie, it's kind of a deep conversation yeah. about. If she's ever been married, yes, she has. Why, you know, how'd you end up here? All this stuff. Well, because I don't, I don't want to open my heart up again because I'm afraid it, it could get hurt again. And Kevin gives this illustration about how, yeah, I kind of know what you mean. When a couple years ago, for a present, I got these rollerblades, and I was too afraid that I was going to mess up these rollerblades, so I never took them out of their box. And then I decided one day I wanted to go rollerblade. You know what? It didn't fit. Like, they don't fit anymore. I outgrew them. Mm-hmm. It's not too dissimilar to... It's very illustrative of kind of what we're talking about here. You have salvation, so what? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? You have it. How are you going to exercise that salvation? Mm-hmm. Right? Then the scholarly debate becomes, is Paul talking about the church in general? What's the church going to do with this salvation? Or is he talking about the individual? If you read into the English... Uh, standard version that that we have been reading out of, mm-hmm. they clearly interpret for the in, individual, yeah. which I think is the accurate way uh, uh, of yeah. looking at this. You as an individual and participant in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Do something with the salvation that you have. Yeah, you haven't just been saved from hell; you've been saved for something. Do something with it. Um, and that w- that word for work is kader. Uh, Kater Godziste. Mm-hmm. Okay. I told you I'm going to butcher this. That is a, <laughs> such a hard word. But the wooden translation for that is to live in, a, in accord with or live in accord to. Mm-hmm. So you've been saved. Live accordingly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's what we're talking about there. Um, it's a, it, it, it means to cause a state to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Since you've been saved... What's the state? What's the what's the circumstance you're going to cause now? Right, yeah. work it out, work it out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it makes sense in my head. I hope it makes sense to those listening. Fear and trembling, man. I, and and we're not going to spend this long on every single verse, <laughs> but this is setting the table. Yeah, fabas kai tromas. Yeah, fabu tramu. Yeah, fabu tramu. Yeah, <laughs> fear, and trembling. Um, are we to be afraid? Of our salvation? I I mean, I think in a way, because think about how your salvation came to be. <laughs> like, sh- ought we be afraid of, or not afraid, but fearful. There you go. Of, because the connotation is important. Uh, if you listen to the sermon this Sunday, you'll find out why. <laughs> um, just kidding. But, uh, but seriously. I, I preach and I talk <laughs> about connotation. Um, but a fearful of the being that defeated the one thing mankind cannot beat, and that is death. Correct. So it's like, okay, so if something is out, like we will, as human beings, finite creatures, we will die, and there's nothing we can do about it. But then God was like, no, there's something we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Like there ought to be fear in that power and that ability. Yeah. And so I think there's some room to say, yeah, you should you should be understanding that your salvation, while great, was so great that the one who brought it should be in some way feared or revered. If you yeah. Will. That. And I'm not sure that that's a natural state of the individuals of the capital C church. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That it, so I found one note that said that these are words to remind the reader of their relationship to God. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. It reminds us of our, how we relate to God. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's under the impression that he's God and we're not. Mm-hmm. Um and then I I just wrote down uh, that fear and trembling means that we are to work out our salvation with all seriousness and reverence. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's fun to say God is my homeboy or Jesus is my homeboy or <laughs> Jesus whatever. Jesus is my co-pilot. Jesus is my co-pilot. You know, how whatever buddy-buddy we can do with that. Um, and I get kind of the sentiment of it, that, mm-hmm. that, that he is personal, that he is a friend, and that, that uh, we, we, we do have relationship, right? 
but he's God. <laughs> he's yeah, and we're not. Um, that's and I think that that's what lends us to a space where okay, we have we have this amazing gift. Do something with yeah. it. It on a this is obviously a preacher story, like a small scale of that. But one morning, I I walked into Emmy's room when she had woken up. Emmy is my two year old daughter, mm-hmm. and she I. I walked in and she's just learning words left and right. And so I walk into her room and she went, "Hey, dude." And I'm yeah. Like, hey. Good yeah. morning. How are you? And she went, "Where? Where's mommy?" I was like, "Mommy's still asleep." And she went, "Okay, Sam." I went, "No, no, no, homie. No, no. I'm not dude or Sam. No, 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 I'm no. your father." Yeah. <laughs> I was so sad. Like it was like broken hearted. Like, please call me daddy. Like you haven't. You call me dad. I've never heard you say daddy. Like you can call me yeah. that first. Yeah. But like she's learning these things, and so like she was just playing around. But in discovering boundaries. With yeah, it exactly. And all that stuff. So that's yeah. like, yeah. There's a familiarity in knowing your creator or knowing who your creator is. Yeah. But there's also ought to be like when she wants to touch a hot stove, you're gonna hear from me. <laughs> like Correct. there's gonna be fear and trembling in that. Correct. Or if there's discipline that's required. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think speaks into a little bit about what we're reading here. Mm-hmm. That we we live a disciplined life. Yeah. And that discipline comes from the Father. It, I I will say I do like the the tramu tramas word is used in the Odyssey or Iliad. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The Iliad, I think. It's when it basically, but a Greek scholar talked about how. It's not only trembling, but it was this uh, enemy coming up against Achilles. Yes. And it was this, it was basically like he's trembling out of fear, but it was because he knew he was inadequate. It was because he knew he would not be able to face Achilles and win. Correct. And so that's like, that's what this trembling is, is your work out your, come into a relationship with God, fully knowing that you are not able or adequate and Correct. The face of his presence. Correct. For well, what he's done. And, and, and salvation is, is the hinge, right? Mm-hmm. The, this is the hinge which this entire verse and the rest of the text rest on. And we, we read about salvation as a past event, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 speak of salvation as something that has already been done yeah. or, or handed or gifted. It's also spoken about in the New Testament as a future consummation. Yeah. Uh, so Romans 13, 11 speaks about um, uh, that salvation will be ours. Like, we will yeah. be saved. It's yeah. one of those great paradoxes of just... Already, but not yet. Yeah. I mean, all of Christianity is a great paradox, which I think is part of the problem. Not not the problem. It's part of why sometimes evangelism can be hard, because it's like, well, you're hypocritical. It's like, no, there's not... It's not, it's not contradictory. It's paradoxical, which is different. And... <laughs> We as finite people cannot understand a paradox that can work, but in infinite within infinity there is any possibility. And that thought is the exact reason why I like doing this study with you. Yeah, <laughs> is that we get to parse contradiction and paradoxical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like a cross, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a god that dies. Yes, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Again, we that was, that was twenty five minutes on one verse. On by one the way. verse, so Just we've so got know. roughly <laughs> six and a half hours to go. So. Something like that. Yeah. All right. No, verse thirteen. Okay. So we, that sets up what we what he finishes in that thought, and this is where the verse numbers kind of get in the way sometimes. Yeah. All right. For it is God who works in you. There you go. Not salvation by works, <laughs> both to will and to work for His good pleasure. <laughs> Uh, so, verse thirteen tells us why the or the reason for working out salvation, mm-hmm. right? Because it's God that works in you. Uh, why work out salvation? Well, because we realize that God works in us, um, and that word used in verse thirteen is an air an ergon. Yeah, same root, root word, word to the one that I butchered in twelve. The <laughs> kata kater godzesta. Yeah. And okay. Then- same root word. In ergon, in ergain. Yes. A lot of ergonomics happening here. A lot of ergonomics, a lot of work that's going on right here. We, I'm, this is a little soapbox. We in English really just butchered the definition of er, ergon. Because ergon in Greek is work, but there's more to it than that. Correct. But we've turned it into ergonomic, which is literally like how to be comfortable at work. <laughs> yes. Like, like yeah. we took the word ergon, which has history of being like, Work, 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 uh-huh. 
and now it's like yeah ergonomics like be comfortable when you work mm-hmm. figure out how to be comfortable yeah like, yeah or at, at 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 the extreme we're we're being economic with our ergonomic well that's where the, it's a combination of ergon and economics yeah. that's the the base it's just like that's silly well here's the play on words right mm-hmm. okay the, the, this 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 in ergon type of thing can be applied in so many situations but in verse 12 it was uh it was a call to work out in yeah. verse 13 it was a description of the work in mm-hmm. um another paradox by the way yeah right um so uh god is the one that takes the initiative yeah i sorry i just love that that which you are doing is being done in you <laughs> like that's yes, effectively what that's exactly what what we're reading right that here. what you are doing is being done yeah. within you so what's being done in you do something about yeah right um god takes that initiative by the way, if you need a better description or a better understanding of that, read 2 Corinthians 5 into the first part of 2 Corinthians 6, and this whole concept of reconciliation um, is really based on an initiative by the one who has been offended, which would be God, mm-hmm. who's offended by our sin. Yeah. And, and so God takes this initiative. He is working in you. And so God's work then culminates into his good pleasure, his mm-hmm. good will and his, his good pleasure. Uh, which is such a good, fascinating word study. The Eudokius, I think, is the is the word. Oh yeah, Eudokius. Eudokia. Okay, Eudokius. Yeah, whatever. which is, if you look it up in a Greek dictionary, it is a like a page long mm-hmm. worth of, of definition. But it it kind of culminates to a space that's that's ultimate his ultimate will and wish. Yeah, is good pleasure. And yeah, and I even like. So it says for his good pleasure, but that word for is hooper or hyper. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I read one uh, one guy that argued maybe we should have translated that beyond, mm-hmm. like to will and to work beyond his like his will, like do go ab- basically go above and beyond what God is even exp- try. He, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hyperbole is yeah. what he was like. Maybe Paul was trying to be hyperbolic here and saying like you should work out your salvation with the work that God's doing in you to will and to work above and beyond what is the good will. Yeah. What's the, what's kind of the cliche with that? The, uh, believe that he does the work and work like it's dependent on you or something like that. Sure. Yeah. But the hype, the hyperbolic concept, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, 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 there was a family I knew in another church that, uh, offering was such a special time of worship for them. Mm. And they said, because it is our goal to outgive God. Yeah. And it's not a goal that can be accomplished, but it is a motivating movement that when we give, we get to be like him because he gave. Yeah. And, Hmm. and that's a pretty good concept, I think. Yeah. You know, I like that. Um, So we're chasing your tail with a little bit, but the the idea of it is we, we want to be known as givers because we believe God is a giver. Yeah. And, and so we, we do that. We want to be known as workers because God is a worker, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I like the concept, the eudokia, the eudokias, um, the ultimate will and wish in his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ultimate will is his pleasure. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and we're created in that image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God provides the opportunity to work out salvation, but God also started, so we have a stewardship of responsibility. So that to me makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, a, not a burden, but it's just something that you don't th- think about when you're baptized. Right. Like it's like the whole idea of like the, like when you go into the world, you're representing your name, like what you're like what your dad says to you, mm-hmm. like, or my dad said to me at least, mm-hmm. of like, when you're going out into the world, you're an Obanion, like, you need to represent that. Right. That's what I think of that as, like, you're going to the world as a representative of your father's name. Correct. So, and, you know, and it does feed into that your commandment, responsibility. right? This yeah. is how we prevent his name be- from being in vain, which, mm-hmm. by the way, Paul talks about that at the end of this passage, mm-hmm. but hopefully that this work is not done in vain. Yeah. And, and we are not taking God's name in vain, right? Mm-hmm. We. We are his. We, we act like a child of the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. So we move into that second section, starting in verse 14, which mm-hmm. is a pastor's favorite verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is it our is. least favorite thing to obey. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so do all things without grumbling or disputing. That's just verse 14. Do all things <laughs> yeah. without grumbling or disputing. Um, I think in the NIV, it's complaining and arguing. Yeah. Either way, it all, it all works just, out. I think all we need to say about that is just do that. <laughs> yeah, just, just do that. It's, yeah. like, come, but here's the thing. Paul, those are my spiritual gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm most talented at is grumbling and, and arguing. Um, I, the, literally, the only thing I have on this is the words for grumbling and arguing. Please share. Because uh, grumbling is gungusmon. Yes. And disputing is dialogismon. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you know that one of these words has an English uh, parallel. But did you know that they both do? Ooh, what's the other one? So, obviously, dialogism, dialogismon, excuse me, uh-huh. is dialogue, uh-huh. where we get the word dialogue. Uh, but in this, in Greek, it's deliberating or arguing. Gangusmon, which comes from uh, gagus, gas, <laughs> gangusmas, <laughs> um, has, it's a British slang word. This is a real thing because I, I just love words. And I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to a podcast about like weird regional dialects and different things. Mm-hmm. And there was this word that they were talking about, and it, that comes from ganguzo, uh-huh. which is the verb. Uh, but to gongoozle, or if you're a gongoozler in British slang, it means someone who sits idly on a riverbank or canal to watch the ships go by and it's because <laughs> the word it, the word gong gongguzo or gongguzmon here literally means like to to talk behind someone's back to like to uh not openly not openly mutter but just like quietly secretly debate and so they think it comes from like it was turned into a word to mean like to uh like sit back and watch ships secretly. And mm-hmm. so it's the whole idea of like, oh yeah, Ganguzo is sit back and quietly talk about stuff. Yeah. And that turned into like, yeah, I'm going to sit back and quietly watch the ships go by. Like yeah. Kind of, kind of stew a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just sit there and enjoy it. That is so much more fascinating than anything <laughs> I ever read on yeah. this. Gongoozle. Yeah. Fun word. So, um, there's connections, I think to, the uh, Septuagint. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this ganguzmon mm-hmm. uh, is the same word that's used in Deuteronomy 32 in the Septuagint, which if you don't know what the Septuagint is, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. Yep. All right. Um, so in, in Deuteronomy 32, it is uh, the report with Moses and the people grumbling in the wilderness. Mm. And their grumbling does not... Uh, produce what they think it's going to produce uh it does it ever that's the point right (laughs) that's the point does our grumbling and complaining and arguing ever ever accomplish what our goal is yeah um i've got so many things about this okay first of all here's my two cents on on some of the word here this is nowhere near as fascinating as (laughs) as sam's but at the root of this word um, is a, a, an attitude or a reflection of a failure to trust God and accept his plans and provisions. Mm-hmm. All right. So at the root of the word, is a lack of trust. Yeah. Right. When we grumble or complain, we are demonstrating not our faith in God, but our lack of. It's almost like it's almost gossiping. Like it's correct complaining behind someone's back, but even like about leadership. Like correct on a higher level. Correct. Hang on to that thought for a second. Okay. So our uh, dialogismon. Mm-hmm. You nailed that. Nailed it. Wow. I have been practicing that when, not really. Uh, they just said it fast. That's all. <laughs> uh, futile reasoning. That's yeah. that's that's a that's a definition I found on that mm-hmm. futile reasoning because dial to dialogue almost always this word gets used in a positive sense, um, but just the kind of the way that it's it's phrased in here the 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 nature of this word in here is futile reasoning that in 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 that is where um, futile reasoning is a, kind of a, a deductive technique. 
where we start with a certain premise and then we look for things to side with that premise. Mm -hmm. It's futile reasoning. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I have decided that this person in church is bad. So I start looking for that reason. So he's bad. I mean, look at him. Look, look at the way that guy walks. How could that person be in leadership? Yeah. Yeah. L- look how he only spends time with other people that are his leaders, right? How could he be in leadership? Or this this preacher's style isn't really speaking to me. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you look for this stuff to already fulfill a grumble that already exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, sorry. I got I was trying to remember what that it's called something. There's a Latin word for it. It's like a it's a logical fallacy. Mm-hmm. You just connect random dots in, in an attempt to back up what your argument already is. It is. Now, logical fallacies what. are almost illogical almost always fallacies because you start in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is talking about. Grumbling and disputing. Um uh, grumbling uh, and disputing, uh, complaining or arguing. Yeah. Right. Um, now here's here's the preacher coming out here. When we grumble and when we complain, we are no longer speaking the language of God or the heavens. We are now speaking the language of Satan. Mm-hmm. We are participating in Satan's efforts. Yeah. Because, and I think, and you're going to agree with this, I'm not, mm-hmm. this isn't controversial. Yeah. There's a difference between grumbling and complaining and disputing and keeping someone accountable. Sure. And asking questions to leadership about the, like, process or where you're going or how you're being led. You know, like, if yeah. if we, as, if you and I did decide to do something in ministry and somebody in the church came up to us and like, can you explain why we're doing this? Just because mm-hmm. I want to know how you're like, what you think this will accomplish or where, where this is leading. That's hugely different. And it's like, fair. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's like, there's a difference between grumbling, complaining and disputing and just going like, can we talk about this? <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. And I think the difference is one's hidden away, generally speaking, and one is more honest and transparent. Yes, it, I'd say one is selfish and one is goal oriented. Yeah, um, purpose. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I think this is really really important. Now, I also think you and I are probably preaching to the mirror too. Okay, <laughs> uh, so we want to be careful with that. But I think a really good question to ask is, what am I trying to accomplish in this complaint? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the the accomplish? I had someone once ask me. Uh, so do you have a complaint box? Like, do you have, when, when you know, people bring in complaints? I got two on the side of my head. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I got one on the side of each, yeah. on each side of my head. Well, my, my, my actual response is, why in the church would we need one? Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, help me out here. <laughs> we don't speak in this language. We speak in the language of blessing, not the language of curse. Mm-hmm. And when we participate in grumbling, complaining, um feudal argument, uh, idle debate. Um, we accomplish nothing. Yeah. Except for black eye. Yeah. And I, yeah, we, I do this all. I used to do this a lot with, uh, with like friends or, or coworkers or, um, not coworkers, but like, what's a good word? I don't know. People who, Mm -hmm. people I know from ministry, Mm -hmm. like, and we'll have like debates or like, talk about things mm-hmm. and argue about the Bible. And we always, I, and usually it ends with like, but you know, none of this matters because Jesus won. <laughs> like it's correct. If like we can argue about interpretation until we're blue in the face, but if as, as and I think it's fine to do that, but if it's causing a rift or a yeah. rift, yeah. rift, rift. Uh-huh. or a split, uh, or isn't ended with, but I mean, but I want what's best yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, who's to say? You know. Yeah. Well, you and I debate. Yeah, we we've had we've had these. I mean, we we've we've argued about things, and there's nothing wrong. Yeah, that iron sharpens iron. That means friction <laughs> happens in order for sharpening to happen. Yeah. Um, but iron shouldn't stab iron, <laughs> and that's <laughs> what grumbling. Know how that would work? <laughs> no, that's especially sharp iron, right? Yeah. And and that's what grumbling and complaining and arguing and 
and, and futile reasoning um, yeah. happens. All right, I have 15 and 16 kind of as a singular thought here. That's fine. Okay, uh, so I'm going to read this total, and it is a little bit longer, but that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights or in the NIV stars in the universe, in the world. Uh, 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this terminology that we see in here is actually very similar to the terminology that we read in his prayer in, in early chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Yeah, all right, for sure. Very, this, is, this is my prayer for you, that, that you're, you're blameless people here, mm-hmm. right? Without blemish, right? Yeah. R- work out your salvation that way. Um, to, to be blameless. Amemptoi. Um, um, yeah. toy. toy. Yeah. It literally means guiltless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, no way we can actually do that on our own. <laughs> yeah. It requires a work being done in. Work yeah. in so that we can work out. Yeah. And, I mean, this, this, this verse specifically is one that I... Uh, spend some time in just because of how well it's written in the Greek with just uh, a memptoi. And then a little later on, the above reproach word is amoma. Amoma. I which love that is word. like two alpha uh, M's. I can't remember what M is. Moo. Moo. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Two, it's two words like really close together. That's alpha, moo, vowel, moo. Mm-hmm. And I just like. That's obviously a play on words, but it also works out really well. <laughs> like it's a, also a palindrome in Greek. Look at you. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's consistent moral character against the backdrop of a, backdrop of a world that is distorted and depraved. Yeah. Okay? Um, it, there's also another word in there that, that fits with all this, that you may be blameless and innocent. Mm-hmm. Innocent, uh, a karyoi. Yeah, another alpha word. It is. There, there's, there's two consonants in that, which means untainted. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it means pure. Yeah, like wines or metals. Correct. What, yeah, and it's it's speaking into the moral nature of the lives of those that uh, are a carioi, carioi. Yeah, a lot yeah. of vowels together right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is. It's it's really eloquent. Yeah. Koine Greek. It's, I. Eloquent and elegant. That was what I. It, that's what I would it call is. It. Yeah, it's very well done. It is. It, I, I. I. like that. It's almost like Paul knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he calls it okay. So why be blameless? Why be innocent? Um, why be without blemish? So that you can shine like lights of the world, or that you can shine like stars in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, the ESV does not translate that literally, like other translations do. They take an extra step for us to show us that this is what Paul had in mind, Mm -hmm. okay? That we are shining, we are lights in a world. And what's this world like? Uh, Dark, depraved, uh, distorted. Mm -hmm. Like, you be unconfusing, (laughs) (laughs) right? That we we do. We live as lights of the world. Yeah. Like, to live as a light of the world is to be pure, blameless, innocent, um, that our lives cannot be accused of sin yeah above reproach yeah um he 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 tags something else in there too uh lights of the world holding fast to the word of life one of my favorite phrases okay um word of life this what he's talking about there is that we're holding fast to the gospel to to the good news here Mm -hmm. it it is the word word is logos okay um, and the word life is Zoe, so it is, there's no mystical translation here. It is word, in, and by the way, logos uh, is, is connected to uh, like living word, to yeah. a word that has, has breath. Yeah, it, I think we've talked about, I'm sure we have talked there's about no logos. No way we couldn't have. It's a deep Greek and Roman philosophical term that mm-hmm. is like, I mean, that's what, there's a reason why John said in the beginning was the word. It's it, literally like that word. Yeah, it's yeah. literally like the pinnacle of philosophical, theological thought in the flesh. Like that's it, it, it's it's, the, it's what we mean by word go. of God. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, a- absolutely. Which is which is such a such, again eloquent, elevated. <laughs> um, yeah. Very very well done with that. Um, I feel and, like we could. Sorry. Go this ahead. Is, this is going to be almost a dad joke. You know, protozoa. 
uh-huh. is like Proto is first uh-huh. and Zoa is life. Uh-huh. So if only he would have made this like Logozoa. Logozoa. Word of life. I, I I think in the Greek you can do pretty much whatever you, you want when you combine words. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna make like a sign of that or something. Logozoa. I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> That's our it'll next like, T-shirt. It'll be like a little amoeba, but it's actually just like a Bible with legs. That'll be the shirt for Crosstalk yeah, right there. Exactly. Logozoa. Logozoa. <laughs> anyway, that was all I got. <laughs> um, he personalizes this, mm-hmm. right? So we get we get the little tag there in in sixteen, and it. it, it Again, some some words that we are not comfortable using in the space of Scripture sometimes. Mm. So that in the day of Christ, we've talked about that. Go back and listen to our note on on chapter one, verse six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the day of Christ, judgment day, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Yeah. And that's uh, that proud is the word from one sixteen or or one twenty six? Excuse me. Um, Kalchema, which is literally like to glory <laughs> like mm-hmm. i will have reason to glory over you yeah so this is this is such a fascinating thing we, the idea of being proud is such a um we we don't parse that enough in the english mm-hmm. i don't think because it can mean a lot of different things in the greek they have specific words for it yeah this word here would be like how a grandparent is proud of a grandchild. Mm. So if you sit with if you if you sit with somebody who is a grandparent and you're in like awkward conversation, you want to get the conversation moving and say, Hey, do you have any pictures of your grandkids? And boom, 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 boom. You hear life stories because they're proud of their grandkids, mm-hmm. right? That's a healthy type of thing. The calcama is a very that's a healthy space to be in that context. Yeah. Right? He's not he doesn't have pride for what his work is he's proud that his of the results of yeah it. he's proud of who the people he knows of what they're doing look what happened because of this yeah there is another word that is for that puffed up pride mm-hmm. that we are always freaking out about <laughs> yeah okay um it's the word who who pair aphonos okay okay so hyper aphonos it, it is it's it's a hyper it's a exaggerated sense of the self, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's where we get pride or puffed up. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not the word that's used here. The calcama is used here like a grandparent is proud of a grandchild. To glory over you. To glory. It's it's really, really good. And he says, so uh, in that verse, uh, so that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Mm Mm-hmm. He what a poet, because <laughs> he comes back to the in Aragon again, yeah. and and so the works so that Paul's this is what I wrote down that his efforts or to work out are not done in vain or the stuff that's worked in yeah 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 there's another Greek version um, I can't remember which one it is but the word used here for work or toil is it work labor sorry mm-hmm. labor um is kapiao kap yeah kapiao mm-hmm. um which is to like it's labor is a good word but the definition of ekapiapo or ekapiasa which is what it would be in here is to labor to the point of being wearied yeah so like i like that a lot um, because he's saying like, don't make me run in vain, but also don't make it so that my labor to which I am like exhausted from, like right. I've been, I've worked my whole life for this. Don't yeah. let that be the thing that's in vain. I've, I've, I've got a theory about this and it might be more than a theory and, and some people might go, yeah, this is duh, obviously. Mm-hmm. My theory is most people aren't really afraid of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I think that's part of our design. I think that where fear comes from that is meaningless work. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we don't like the trudgery of it. Breaking rocks with other rocks. Right. For Which we would do if we knew for what purpose. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think that's the thing. Purposeful, meaningful work is 
as good of a blessing as there is. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, I, I want my work to be meaningful, I think is what Paul's saying. Yeah. And when you have a family legacy, that's Kalkema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and be, be, be the, be the pictures, man. Be the picture. <laughs> I have a friend that wrote a book. He, he, uh, he used to be a pastor out in, uh, I think San Jose. Um, and I, it's just this real small book and I have it in my bookshelf called, um, uh, God has your picture on his refrigerator. Mm. Right. And that's the idea is yeah. God, God's proud of us, right? Because we're his and don't let Paul, let Paul be proud of his work. Yeah. Let it, let, let it reflect right there. All right. Good deal. Let's move into this last section then. Uh, 17, uh, verse 17, uh, we'll, we'll treat these separately because 18 won't take very long, but yeah. 17 and 18 here. Even if I'm to be poured out as a drink <laughs> offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith offering, I am glad and rejoice with you all. This is, I think, one of the first verses since we started in Ephesians that I've gone, I don't like this. Mm. I don't like the way this was interpreted mm. or written down mm-hmm. because it's just towards the end, it's like he missed some things that are, could have been good. I agree with you 1000%. Yeah. It's kind of, a, it's kind of a bummer that they chose this way. Would it surprise you that I broke this down? No, <laughs> okay. it wouldn't. Um, before I, I, I will say that this is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to be poured out as a drink offering is eight words and it's one Greek word. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one single Greek word, spendomai. Spendomai is one of the most fantastic words. It's great. It, it literally means to be poured out as a drink offering, it, which it, is just such a silly thing, like one word for yeah. that. Well, in in that's that's where we get our word spend or spent. Yeah, okay. spendo. Yeah, spend, spendomai. That, that yeah. sounds, when I was looking into it, it was like the root word is spendo, and I was like, that sounds like somebody made that up. It sounds like somebody went... We need a word that means like it's like when you don't know Spanish, so yeah, you just exactly. add O to the end. It sounds like somebody was like, We got the word spend <laughs> from a word that means be poured out like a drink offering. What should that word be in the Greek? And some some eighteen year old was like, Spendo. <laughs> and they're like, You nailed it. First shot, Chad. Good job. Spendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, 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 it is. It, it's very much like, in the English, we call that transliteration. Yeah. Because we, we do that with baptizo it was, also. It was lazy. Whoever came up with English. Well, English. It, it, so it means to give or spend out of yourself. Yeah. Right? So after this action, you are less. It's, and I'm sorry. This That's is okay. just, it's so good because even if you don't know what a drink offering is, if you said I'm being poured out like a drink for this purpose, mm-hmm. every like almost every English speaking person can go, oh, I I know what it would mean to be poured out or I like get it. to pour out your mm-hmm. heart or to pour yourself out to something. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just such a good. Well, it's use. impossible to read this without having without seeing Old Testament connotation. Yeah. Okay, so it, it, it's impossible. This broke this down some. Spendomai was the first part there so there's there, there's three words here that recall the sacrificial offering system yeah all right um so spend uh then the actual word for sacrifice thusia uh <laughs> fantastic word mm-hmm. um and then there's uh there's a word here um and this is where i think you're pointing out that the translation doesn't go far <laughs> enough all right yeah. that Okay, uh, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith offering is what it really is, mm. but it's 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 a word service. Yeah. Okay. Uh, liturgia, liturgia, <laughs> yeah. liturgia, uh, where we get liturgy from. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are the operative things going on here. All right. So one poured out is in this text is in the present tense. It could be meaning his impending martyrdom, mm-hmm. okay? Um, which if you translate it that way, I don't think you're totally wrong, but I don't think you're fully right. Yeah, I think it's his ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just talking about my ministry. I am pouring into you. It's just constant. Like, it is happening now. <laughs> that it, 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 This is what is going I am pouring out on it, and I don't want that to be in vain. Mm-hmm. Okay. With your 
sacrifice, okay, with your, uh, how does the ESV say, drink offering upon the sacrificial offering yeah. you have, right? Which, this is Philippian support here, right? That their sacrifices for Paul to continue to pour. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, it's very symbiotic how this works. Um, it's also the primary part of the uh, the Old Testament sacrificial system. Yeah. Right? You, we have the sacrifice. Um, the service is built for the sacrifice, right? Service when and where the sacrifice takes place, which is accompanied then by the drink offering. Mm-hmm. Again, very symbiotic. And in, in what an example. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is, it, it, and I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that our English took that far enough mm-hmm. with that. But I am glad and rejoice with you all. I don't even like that because it doesn't do well with what the Greek actually says. Okay, so speak into that for a second. So the Greek is Cairo, Kai, Sukairo, which so it's literally I rejoice so sh- and I rejoice and share in my joy with you. Joyfully. Or, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I rejoice and joyfully am with you all. And then, and so it's like, I'm glad is undercutting what he's saying, I think. What he's saying is, I have joy. Like, I am rejoicing. Three in times this. in that phrase. Yes. Three times. I am joyful and am rejoicing with you. And then he and then it's, that's the reason why I think it's so important to miss that is because he restates those words again, like the Greek words in the next verse. And so he's really hammering. This is joy for me. Not I'm, I'm glad. Like when I think, especially like English has connotations. And so when you put glad for the word Cairo, that's like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad. I'm good with it. I think at least four times in this letter, he says that. Yeah. Uh, we talked about one in chapter one. Mm-hmm. We have two of them right here in 17 and 18. Yeah. And then I think it's going to be at the end of two. I'm looking. 28. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again. Yeah. Um, it, it is joy. Mm-hmm. It, it is joy. And it's the same joy that's the description of the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's, that's what he's saying right yeah, here. I am joyful and want you to join me in my joy. <laughs> it is. It's so it is the reflection of the partnership and ministry. Mm-hmm. So you, we, we are part of the pouring out of the ministry mm-hmm. by being the sacrifice. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's effectively saying like, like pour into each other. <laughs> like, yes, you should be sacrificial drink offerings for each other and be joyful for each other. Fill up the tank and I will pour out the tank. Yeah. And, share in that share in the joy of what that brings yeah it, it's 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 fascinating don't just be glad don't be yeah it, it's not a trash bag brand yeah or like <laughs> i even think like i think glad con- connotatively uh-huh. that's the word okay uh it's like a step beneath happiness like if i said are you happy or are you glad people would go oh, i'm glad like happy when's the last time you said you were glad about something <laughs> Uh, 1954. <laughs> Good job. You just <laughs> turned 29. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When my, yeah. When uh, maybe, I think maybe in a lyric of a song, um, I will be glad and rejoice in something. <laughs> I might have said gladly. Gladly. Will you do that for me? Glad. Gladly. But I might have been being sarcastic. Were you honestly. smiling when you said it? I might have been sarcastic. Yeah. Honey, will you grab me another water? Gladly. It's just not part of my vernacular. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even say happy that often, to be honest. Um, well, we are, I mean, this, oh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get me on this soapbox. That's because our language is, I would argue, devolving into strict hyperbole. Yeah. Everything is the worst or everything is the best. Yeah. There's nothing that's okay anymore. Yeah. You're the worst. I. That is the best. Uh-huh. No, it's not. Uh-huh. It's not the best that I got a Starbucks drink, and it's not the worst that I spilled a little. Uh-huh. Like. It's just it. Or, it is sometimes. Yeah. Or I hate. Or I love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, it, yeah. We we live in that extreme space. But and so that takes. But I think when we do that with our with English, when we live in a constant state of hyperbole, it takes away from our understanding of words, but ev- especially the word of God, because it lessens the impact of what. Yeah. 
what it's trying to do. Because if I if we even took if we took uh, free reign of this and said and made it into like uh, generation Z and E's and mm-hmm. to the Bible, and we're just like, and then Paul said, um, "I'm super happy and <laughs> like you're the best." So you should be super happy for me because you're the best. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right. Like, something right. like that. Even that would be like, no, nobody. I mean, that's still undercutting the theme of what actual joy is. For sure. What Paul is because they had an actual range of emotion that wasn't black and white, which is what we were turning it into. Uh, okay. So uh, only because we're on the topic, okay? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and I don't want to divert us too much because I know we've been recording for a little bit here. Yeah. This yeah. was supposed to be short. It was, <laughs> but uh, again, it's very very rich here. It, yeah. I, I, Etymology is lacking. Mm. When we don't seek to understand words, we give power to those who do. Yeah. And we don't necessarily want to give that away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's so important to know, to have a good vocabulary for sure. a lot of reasons. Uh, but one is just... I think it gives you a higher IQ, but it gives you a higher EQ. EQ like if for you're sure. Able to actually communicate what hurts or what you're feeling, or you can express something without using your fists. Yeah, and it's just so important. But I mean, yeah, it's just hard when. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say something really. Uh, well, here's the thing: it's borderline living in an anti-intellectual space. We we can't be polysyllabic because God forbid I use a word that somebody doesn't understand and then they go like oh look at you and it's like okay well that's just an English word <laughs> like that's not just because I know an English word that's longer than four letters doesn't mm-hmm. make me intellectual it just makes me know that word right knowledgeable it, it, yeah it, but but there's nothing wrong with that there there is nothing wrong with that it, 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 there's something wrong with believing there's something wrong with that and it, there's. And it's wrong if you think you are better because you know that. Uh, so I typed something up not too long ago, and it had a word like that. Mm-hmm. And so someone spent the time sending me, uh, I don't remember if it was a text message or an email, saying, what does that word mean? And I responded, in the same amount of time it took you to send this message to me, you could have just looked it up in a dictionary. Um, and I, I have a dictionary on my phone, by the way. Yeah. Because when I run into words that I don't know, I want to know what they mean. Mm-hmm. And I do. I spend the time looking this up because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I also think it it eliminates beauty. Yeah, um, 100%. Without understanding words, we don't have poems or lyrics. Mm-hmm. And we end up with very, uh, very teeny bop worldviews. I mean, you don't. Uh, no, seriously. The, no, we're. I, I could be on. Uh, we, this could be another. Show. My high horse is higher than you would expect. Because <laughs> I have a, I have a problem with, uh, a lot of popular Christian music. Sure. Because, they, I understand what they're doing. They're playing to an audience. Uh-huh. But that does a disservice to a lot of things, I think. Sure. And so a lot of the time we end up with a lot of, um, you are good for me. And then, Some, and, and, then and, and then it's like, it it's the line like, you are good for me. And then they repeat that 15 times and throw in one chorus and go, and there's a song. Baby, and then, baby, baby. Yeah, baby, it's just like, baby. I, and I get it because in the church we have a, limited glossary a limited sort of dictionary I, I think oftentimes you're also trying to cast a wide net yeah yeah and i think sometimes it's okay to narrow that net though well <laughs> not just narrow the net I, I i i let me say it this way when my both of my daughters were babies and then toddlers we went out of our way not to talk baby talk to them yeah no goo goo gaga stuff mm-hmm because I did not want to b- have an environment that talks down to people. Mm-hmm. I think the culture does. I, I, I th- we, we keep picking on music because I think that it, it interferes with beauty, yeah. right? I don't think Michelangelo can paint the Sistine Chapel today mm. because we would all 
freak out about it. We don't have ways to express what we feel and see and experience it when we're under that mm-hmm. because we are limited in our vocabulary. Yeah. Or because we don't know how to express, we just invent stuff for it. I, I, it is critical that we do expand our vernaculars. Yeah. It, it really is. Okay. Verse 18. We got one, one last verse here. And because it's... Re- Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Yeah. Right? So you already pointed out it's the same phrasing, same karate, words. Karate, Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the same words, only it's joy, a different joy, tense more joy. Yeah. or a different audience. Yeah. Joy, joy, and more joy right. that I'm doing this, you do this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have glad and rejoice. The goal is blamelessness, not happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness is a byproduct of an upright character. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he's expressing here. Be a part of the sacrificial system, not our goal should not be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That our goal is that we're part of the sacrificial system, which is the reflection of the church. We're partaking in this together. If the goal was happy, the church wouldn't have made it out of the first century. <laughs> and why? Why Why do we need the church? Yeah. We're, we're, the, the, the church is um, it's not a subculture, okay? Yeah. The... the, the, the the church is antithetical to the world, mm-hmm. not a not a part of it. Uh, it's more so boxes, man. I don't think we have enough time to go no, go through all of this. But this somehow ended up being almost one of our longer ones. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and God bless you all for it's hanging good. in there with us. And, yeah. and maybe we ought to do an episode just one time of our soap boxes. But That'd be fun. Yeah. We're, the, when we read this text, we need to read this as subversive to the culture, not a subculture itself. Mm, yeah. We are not like the world around us. And that's the fight that every person of faith will forever try to figure out. Okay. The, it is the cause for us to be in the word. How Lord do we live in the world, but not be of it. Yeah. And we adhere to exhortative teaching like we read in chapter two, 12 through 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, that's kind of a roundabout way of doing that. He shifts gears dramatically in the next section that we <laughs> yeah, get to read tomorrow or next week. Yeah, next week is Philippians. Uh, yeah, so this was crosstalk. This I was. think we're out. <laughs> uh, next week is Philippians two nineteen through thirty. Sorry, mm-hmm. had to think about that. Uh, Philippians two nineteen through thirty. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to tell us we're wrong or whatever, that's fine. Uh, you can contact us at Samuel O at SouthRockChristian.com or Nick P at SouthRockChristian.com. Um, but until next time, I think we'll see you later. Later.